Hi guys. So welcome to Upcomers Podcast. This is the third episode of the year. And in this episode, what we do is I'm basically going to unpack um corporate life. Yeah, like one side of it that we probably not had. In the on the previous episode, I discussed with my friend, of course, about how it is to work for a private firm and audit firm and now in this episode we'll talk about what it's like to work with an NGO as well right and not just the good part about you know the the service that they do and all that but also how sometimes something good can turn ugly and also what you can learn from the bad just the way you do learn from the good so this is both sides of it and I want to thank Degwa who was my guest for just elaborating being open and also want to encourage you guys to listen to this and pick what you can learn what you can from it this is my episode welcome hi jun how are you i'm fine thank you oh. I'm excited to have you. Nice to meet you too. Okay. Well? I'm well, thank you. Great. And you? I'm good. You had a good day? Yes, I've had a good day. Maybe right. you? Right. Ah, what's up with you? Asante. So, Ndegwa. Yes, please. Um, I found you very interesting because from the time we met, mm-hmm. I just knew you were different. We were thank going to the field. Yes. And then you just said, talking, I thought, hey, this is not a Kawaida cab guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you on. And uh, maybe you can just give us a brief history of how you became a cab driver. Okay. Because you also incorporate. Yes, I am. Great. So tell us. Okay, I'll briefly start from uh, the year 2010. Mhm. Um when I graduated from uh, Kenyatta University, I'm a 20 year 2010 student. Mhm. I did a uh, Bachelor of Arts in uh-huh. Sociology. I okay. majored in Sociology and I minored in Geography. Mm-hmm. I did some bit of English as a third subject, uh, accompanied with other uh, university common units. Uh-huh. So basically, I graduated in uh, the year 2010. That uh-huh. was on 2nd of July. Yes, if I'm not so wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from there, I was lucky because um, uh, the scouts uh, who were moving around from the Kenya Anti-Corruption Commission, they noted uh, my aptitude uh, in research. Mm-hmm. So I was taken in by the Kenya Anti-Corruption Commission as a research assistant mm-hmm. in the year 2010. Mm-hmm. And for nine months I was with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave me a gig for nine months and I was uh, uh, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. That's how I came to uh, really like the corporate world. Um, uh, just uh, a minute briefly, did yes. you enjoy working with the Anti-Corruption a lot. Commission? A lot. Ah, okay. uh, back then we were under Lumumba. Uh-huh. Had oh yes, I remember. Before it changed to Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission, oh, it was yeah. the Kenya Anti-Corruption Commission. That's true. So they needed research assistants uh, to work in various parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And my passion in research uh, came way back when I was doing sociology. Mm-hmm. I really loved research mm-hmm. methodologies and uh, social statistics, which is part of research. So I think uh, one of our lecturers Mm-hmm. He's called Dr. Kerry, I think. Now he's a professor. Mm. He's the one who forwarded my name to them. So where were you posted? Because you're saying they were around the country. Yes. I did coast. I did Nairobi. I did um, Rift Valley. Yeah. I did Central. Mm-hmm. I did um, Upper Eastern, which is Embu, yeah. Meru. But I did not touch any part of uh, Northeastern, mm-hmm. Nyanza, 
think it was done. Basically, it opened my eyes as far as uh, Kenyan geographical setup was concerned. Mm -hmm. And I had it in me that I would travel one day and uh, visit those places again. Yeah. Now, not just for work, yeah. but as a hobby, because I also like traveling a lot. Okay. Yes. So after your nine-month gig? After my nine-month gig, um, uh, I was also lucky to be taken in by many group of companies. Mm -hmm. uh, the makers of uh, this the bread we call um, Superloaf. Yeah. They have a sister company called Akida. Uh -huh. So Akida took me in uh, as a sales representative. Yeah. Just to visit uh, various clients, mm -hmm. speak with them, mm -hmm. find, about, uh, find out about uh, bread and stuff. Mm -hmm. Out of my research work now. That's mm -hmm. why they took me in. I was oh. still working and on the research section as well as sales. Now sales and research mm -hmm. are divided by a very thin line. You might not notice because once you do research, then the sales people follow you. Yeah. And uh, as you advance sales in bread, you also have to research how the market is. So they took me in mm -hmm. and I worked with them uh, pretty well until end of 2012. End of 2012. End of 2012. So that for about two years. So I was there for about two years. Okay. Um, in the year 2013, uh, just like everybody uh, comes to a point where you, you need to move on. You, you know, you, you, you don't have something commercially viable to do in Nairobi. Uh -huh. I went back home. Okay. Um, uh, home, I mean, now where my parents are. Yeah. At least. To settle down for a bit, mm -hmm. that was in the year 2013. So the whole of 2013, mm -hmm. I was uh, farming, yeah. so to speak, and assisting my folks mm -hmm. in handling farm matters and stuff. And I mean, if I may ask, yes, please. At this point, because you know you had come to Nairobi, you had a successful nine-month gig, and then yes. for two years you were employed. Yes. Did you feel like going back home now was kind of a failure to you? Going back home was the lowest point uh -huh. in my life. Yeah. I never thought in my life that I would ever go back to my folks. Yeah. Uh, be with them there, mm -hmm. not working, mm -hmm. uh, doing as much as I could in terms of uh, doing my applications, networking and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, with the hopes of uh, at least one day I'll be taken in or I'll be go, uh, yeah. go back to the companies I used to work for. Mm -hmm. But it happens once in a while. And yeah. uh, for those, it has happened too. Mm -hmm. It makes you stronger. Yeah. It also widens your scope in terms of thinking. Mm -hmm. Then again, you realize anything can happen anytime, irrespective of where you are. Even in the corporate sector, something can happen. Mm -hmm. And you need, that, uh, you need that point to at least focus your life one way or the other. Yeah, so it makes you appreciative of what you exactly, have. Exactly, of what you really... have. And then again, it makes you versatile. Uh -huh. It's like living in a hundred and living in ten. Yeah. You know? Now I was living in a hundred for about three years. Yeah. Then ten came. Yeah. If I wasn't <laughs> a strong person or yeah. my personality was wanting, mm -hmm. I would not have really enjoyed living in ten the way I enjoyed living in a hundred. Yes, that's but true. But uh, having a strong personality, I realized this is just a transit. Yeah. Where, where, when you're moving in the journey of life, mm -hmm. and I took it positively. Yeah. I embraced it. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mother has uh, several sewing machines, mm -hmm. so I took down to training people mm -hmm. on using those sewing machines because growing up I had interacted with them, I didn't need any training in terms of sewing, yeah. so I would comfortably do anything yes. on the machines. Okay. And that year was an inspiration for me because I really appreciated 
uh, when you see somebody somewhere having worked so hard, mm -hmm. you realize that at least they are coming from somewhere. So that was my downside in 2013. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, God shone some light on me. Uh -huh. And on 2014, January 3rd, yes. I received a letter from uh, the Kenya Girl Guides Association. Yes. Uh, and they wanted a project manager mm -hmm. for um, girls' uh, rehabilitation center mm -hmm. in Kibera, mm -hmm. Kibera 42, around Ayani. Okay. So they took me in, I came for the interviews, mm -hmm. uh, we were many of us, mm -hmm. uh, we did the interviews mm -hmm. and uh, I passed. Then after two weeks, mm -hmm. two to three weeks, they yeah. called me back, they told me I'd passed because apparently the project manager they wanted, they also wanted a project manager who sort of was like a tutor. Yes. Because uh, the programs they were offering to the girls who they were rehabilitating, mm -hmm. one was uh, hairdressing, dressmaking uh, and catering. So at least they wanted somebody with a background yeah. in dressmaking yeah. and uh, also somebody with a background in catering or somebody uh -huh. who was passionate about food and cooking. Yeah. And uh, I managed to outshine those I was with because mm -hmm. in terms of catering, I was very good yeah. in culinary skills. Mm -hmm. uh, something I had also picked along. I uh, was also very good in dressmaking because among the tests we did, I think I came out best in whatever I, uh, the, the, the little yeah. the, the little knowledge I had in dressmaking. So they took me in and uh, for the whole of 2014 to 2016, mm -hmm. they gave me a contract for two years. I was a project manager at Kibera. I mean, that's so lucky. I don't know if it's luck or it was just godsend because it just so happens your mom used to do dressmaking. Yes, yes. And then you already had training in it. Yes. And then you went ahead to train girls. Yes. Only for you to be called. Yes. So you can work with girls exactly. and train them in the same area. Exactly. Whatever I was doing back home, I was planting a seed that really germinated very fast because if you ask me in one year's time mm -hmm. and then you're called to do exactly what it is that you are doing, mm -hmm. uh, it comes in very handy. Then again, uh, the other thing that I had an edge over other people is computer literacy. That stuff was, uh, let's say, discipline. Wow. Then again, it taught us that there are no shortcuts in life. So going back to the girl guys yes going right? back to girl guys now. you were there for two years i was there for two years did you enjoy it i did extremely because it was a turning point it was also a blessing in my life mm -hmm. the first year i was able to recruit 124 girls i was uh, commanding a budget of about 14 million per year i had been given a budget of about 28 million for wow. the entire two-year duration. In this 28 million, basically, mm -hmm. what we used to do is to expose these girls, mm -hmm. 124 of them. Mm -hmm. Upon graduation, they would each receive a sewing machine. If uh, their line of duty were hairdressing, mm -hmm. we would uh, uh, furnish them with hairdressing uh, equipment mm -hmm. because apparently there is no way you would uh, impact so much knowledge in somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, equip them this much, and yeah. then they don't have equipment. To proceed. Yeah, it's true. So the first year, I can consider that uh, it was a successful year because out of 124, I managed to graduate 101 girls between the ages of 17 and 23, strictly. So you can imagine that we had young mothers there. We also oh, yeah, had uh, young girls. Yeah. Uh, we also had expectant mothers. Mm. So in the course of time, and uh, you know, with attrition, uh, some of them would give birth and not come back yeah. to continue, or would give birth and go back to their respective um, rural areas, because it would be easy for them to yeah, manage from there, support. as opposed to what they were doing at Kibera. So the second year, I set out to do 150 girls, mm -hmm. and uh, luckily I graduated 134. 
when I was finishing. So after Kenya Girl Guides? After Kenya Girl Guides. Is that when you, you left corporate or you still went on again to... That is now when I left corporate. Now I was looking for You're a job. Still applying for after, a job? Yes, I was still applying for mm -hmm. jobs. I applied for a job with a specific company. It was called uh, Ridgeways Tours and mm -hmm. Auto Travel mm -hmm. Company. So I applied for a job with this case. And uh, having sent my CV and everything, they called me mm -hmm. for an interview. At the same time, Uber yeah, had, was coming up. Was coming. Uh, had had come to Nairobi. Yeah. So taxi business or cab business was really booming yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. So when these guys joined me, Uber also called me for an interview the same week. Yeah. So I received oh, two wow. interviews: one from Uber, uh -huh. one from Bridges uh, Cabs. So apparently, the interviews were to be conducted on the same day. Because wow. I remember it was January. <laughs> Uh, January 18th or 19th, mm -hmm. yes, 2016. I haven't forgotten the date. Okay. But it was on a Monday. So Uber wanted to interview me on a Monday. Uh, Ridgeways also wanted to interview me on, on a, a Monday. Monday. I went to both interviews mm -hmm. and I passed both. <laughs> now, the greatest challenge was uh, uh. for me to be driving with Uber, mm. I have to, to get a partner who has a car. And uh -huh. by that time, I didn't have a car of my own. Yeah. So. I realized it would be tricky because to convince somebody, I am a new driver in Nairobi. Yeah. Yes, I've passed all these mm. tests. I have all these papers. I yes. have my certificate of good conduct. I have my PSV badge. I'm a fully fledged taxi driver, but I've never driven yeah, in Nairobi. It is my first time I didn't have the experience. And the, I, I need to convince somebody to give me a car. Yeah. And I knew I was running a risk because if I had failed to deliver as power terms, Mm -hmm. um, my contract with the vehicle provider, who is the partner now in this oh, case, uh -huh. would have been terminated. And I was also running a very big risk because, uh, first of all, I didn't even have a place to park the vehicle. Mm. And how Nairobi was back then. Where were you staying? I was staying in Kikuyu, uh, but I didn't bother so much with the parking mm. because I didn't know. It wasn't safe for me to park someone else's car there. So I decided, yes, though I've passed on Uber, I'll, I'll, I'll revisit Uber later on. Yeah. But because these guys are offering me a salary mm. to begin with, then they'll put me on probation. Regis was giving me a salary. Oh, okay. And at that point in time, a salary would have come in more handy yeah. than commission-based work. Mm -hmm. So I decided, hey, there's a salary. And um, uh, after three months probation, they put you on uh, commission-based. Yeah. And they, they were giving they were giving us 12.6% 12, 12 mm -hmm. of whatever it is that you've done. Mm -hmm. So I figured out if I do 100,000 shillings or 200,000 shillings yeah. per month, yeah. uh, my salary will range between 15 mm -hmm. to 25,000 shillings. Yeah. And that was okay with me by then mm -hmm. because I had done some saving and I knew um, I need to learn. Yes. Well, just to take you back a little. Yes. So you left this place, the Kenya Galgas. Kenya Galgas Association, right? yes. Was there an opportunity to renew your contract or you just felt like it was time for you to move on? Uh, it was a one-off thing because okay. uh, these guys who are funding uh, mm. the project called Alavida had partnered with the Kenya Railways Corporation mm -hmm. and it was the Kenya Railways Corporation which had given us uh, space at Kibera. If you, if you go to a place called 42 in Kibera and ask them about Galo, mm -hmm. that is where the, 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 the compound was uh -huh. and uh, where the building was, mm. It was a temporal, uh, temporal setup. It was temporary. Because this was funding 
from the American government mm -hmm. and they were paying rent for that place to the Kenya Railways. Ah. And uh, the Kenya Railways, I told them that, uh, the, yes, they won't be using the, 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 the space for two years. So in other words, they would give them for two years and in two years time, either they move to another location or at least they would, they would have come to the end of um, the help yeah. to the girls in Kibera. The and then again, because of uh, the amount of money needed uh -huh. uh, for that kind of venture, and it was a one-off thing, they said it's better we do a two-year contract thing, and then from that, uh, they can further their, their help or their aid with the yeah. Kenya Girl Association. And maybe I would be involved. So after that, you just thought, let me do driving. Driving was the last thing I wanted to do. But then again, the corporate world and being a project manager and uh, having, uh, having superiors with you, mm -hmm. It entailed a lot of uh, report writing. Ah, yeah. Reports were needed twice a week. Every it's a for everything, just to show what yes, you've been doing. Just to show what and you're up to. And especially with the budget. And especially with the budget. Now you're talking. Now there's uh, something that else Kenya, and you know, uh, your immediate superiors would always want to outshine you, mm. even though you're the one who was doing, doing the work. Now I would write my report, mm -hmm. uh, midweek report. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't as comprehensive as the end week report. Yeah. But every time I would submit my report, mm -hmm. my immediate superior would want me to modify it in a way that mm -hmm. she would outshine me. It gives her some light. Yes, it gives her some light. And the immediate superior I'm talking about would only come to visit the center maybe once or twice in a month. Well, but they would month. want it to appear that yeah. they're there every day. Yes. They are the ones who have the idea yeah. to run the center. Yeah, yeah. They are the ones who have the, 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 the brains behind the center and everything. Mm. Now you can imagine the amount of work I was subjected to because you write a report, you submit it, yeah. then she, returns she it. refuses it or she refuses you to post it yeah. and she wants you to write an entirely new report. report. That is now the second day. So um, after doing it for about um, three or four months, I realized uh, something is amiss here. Yeah. Something is amiss. It's, it's not adding up. I can't be falsifying my reports every now and then so that uh, at least I can cover somebody. That's when I started coming out uh, honestly and uh, with elements of integrity and I would report things mm -hmm. as they were. I realized I'm not doing the right thing to these girls because mm -hmm. I am drawing a salary from this work. Yeah. Yet somebody is also drawing an extra income yeah. by falsifying uh, the budget, by falsifying the expenses, by falsifying the reports that mm -hmm. we give. Mm -hmm. Now on my sixth month that is uh, when things started being shaky and I realized that it is not so many people who are on my side mm -hmm. but uh, with God on my side I continued working yeah and uh, on and our first finished. graduation uh, at least 101 girls graduated yeah and I was so happy about that then the second year was uh, if I can say that is uh, was a real test to me because yeah. now corporate world can become physical Mm -hmm. uh, corporate world can turn its head on you. Uh, reported, reports started coming that uh, I was involved with uh, the girls I was rehabilitating. Yes, and it was so serious uh, because it involved the human rights. It also involved... Um, yeah, some of them are minors. Parents. Yes, because some of them are minors. Now you can imagine. Uh, this report went as far as London. So let me ask you, yes. where did that report come from? You know, now when I had stamped my feet down and I realized that I was the project manager mm. and I was, the, the, the entire project depended 
on whatever it is that I did and I wrote mm -hmm. and whatever it is that happened under my watch I decided nothing is going to happen under my watch yeah. which is not right yeah and immediately I started doing that because in my report I would include the amount of money that mm -hmm. we had spent mm -hmm. and um, the amount of uh, work that had been done and the number of girls who were present at the at the center now this was rubbing people the wrong way because they wanted the report to go through them I was going over their heads for the right reasons. Yeah. Because uh, first of all, I realized there was a lot of bureaucracy. So when it got to that point and I realized it was getting ugly, one day I met uh, with the guys from Alavida because they had come to Kenya to visit their projects. And I told them I'm having a rough time because we've not had money for like about two months of uh, that time. And um, I really needed their help and they came. And they assisted the way they could. And some funds were released. Mm -hmm. And we were happy for about a week or two, but since I was employed and I was under the contract and it was binding, uh, my contract was reviewed. And it was a reviewed, it was reviewed in a way that I was suspended for about um, 14 days pending uh, the outcome of, uh, they called it something, I can't remember. But they were to deliberate on my case. Mm. Um, well, um, because time was also running out for them, and they had to do investigations as far as the allegations that were pressed against me were concerned, mm -hmm. they hired a private investigator, my Kenyan supervisors. He called me, summoned me, and I went and I saw him, and we talked. And I told him, you're free to go to uh, the center. Uh, those girls uh, used to be day scholars, so that was the good thing about mm. it. So as it happens, their parents would see them every day, or yeah. their guardian, yeah. so to speak, because some of them did have parents. Their guardians would see them every day. So the idea of uh, would take a girl or two home That's would not come about because the parent was yeah, even up in arms. Because apparently this is the best manager we had, we've had in this center for as long as we've known. And the center was, before La Vida, the center was there, but it was a bit shaky. Mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, in a place called Mashimoni and they didn't have space. So immediately the center moved from Mashimoni to 42. That mm. is when they saw real results yeah. under my watch, under my care and under my management. When this was happening, the, the weird thing about it is, uh, it's my immediate superior who took up my role oh, so as the is, manager. So they came down a notch? Yes, not and even coming down a notch. It's, it's, they wanted to be there. but. I want to say that God has been kind to me and he was kind to me because the private investigator said there is no way he was mm. going to be coerced into writing a false report because yeah. immediately he had done writing a false report, mm. it would have uh, led to litigation and uh, it would have been a criminal case. Right. So he said, I don't want to implicate myself into these things yes. because eventually proof will yeah. push out this case. Uh. And uh, then again, uh, we are criminalizing somebody who is sober, somebody who is innocent, and I don't want to go that way. So he wrote a report, uh -huh. which he copied me, it was in PDF, he yes. copied me and he copied my superiors. But still, they wouldn't want me to go back there. I left now, I went to the head office. I was given other duties. I was now the IT guy, uh -huh. uh, ICT yeah. officer mm -hmm. at the head office. And now that's where you finished your two years? Now that's where I finished my two years. I was so tired of corporate life. Yes. That's why I realized uh, um, going the driver's way mm. or applying for a driver's job would be a bit different 
as compared to what it is I was doing. Then again, it had a lot of freedom. They work maybe nine to three, mm-hmm. then they're free. Because the rest you of can the do evening. what you want. After that, you can do what you want. Then again, uh, you work from Monday to Friday, yeah. and you're free on Saturday and Sunday. So for you, it was a breath of fresh air. For me, it was a breath of fresh air. Uh, little did I know that um, I would also come to interact with the corporate world mm-hmm. while I was doing my job as a driver. Most of the people, 98% of everyone I've carried is in the corporate world. I want to move on now because uh, apparently towards the end of this year, I felt like I should really go back and start uh, looking for uh, another job. Uh-huh. It's not that I despise driving. Yeah. It's only that every day as we move forward, mm-hmm. um, the market shrinks. Yeah. Then again, new players come in. Definitely. They also come in with new ideas and apparently mm-hmm. competition becomes too much. Yeah. Then before you realize, uh, also as a result of attrition, those clients who used to carry or you continue carrying, mm-hmm. some of them retire, some of them change jobs. Mm-hmm. They are not as uh, fixed as you are. They are yeah. very dynamic. Yeah. The taxi business don't ha- doesn't have a concrete future, so to mm. speak. It is good as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. to something greater. Now I'm looking forward to settling down in terms of uh, jobs and uh, uh, corporate. You just want something more stable now. I concrete. want something more stable. All the way. I can be an office or field work, yeah. uh, I wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. I also want to uh, settle down so that I can uh, do my master's mm-hmm. and most probably do my PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still looking forward to becoming a lecturer. The beauty of life is you don't choose work. Mm-hmm. Most young people uh, graduate with the thoughts of being employed. Eh? Yeah, that's true. Then they go with the mindset of just being employed, not knowing that they can also be self-employed. Yeah. They can be employers mm-hmm. by themselves. And mm-hmm. they can also depend on themselves as opposed to depending to other people. Yeah. So when you look at a job and then you realize, I, I cannot be this and that. Mm-hmm. This is demeaning to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not worth of my salt. That is where things start going wrong. I embraced uh, taxi driving without expectations, mm-hmm. but it has surpassed my expectations in mm-hmm. so many ways, in so many ways. And it's good that you mentioned that because, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, as young graduates, mm-hmm. yeah, we do have these expectations. We yes. want to be in corporate, we yes. want to start at a certain level. Yes. So for you to say that, I mean, to look at taxi driving as not something that's demeaning to you yes. is good. Yes. That people, I mean, those who are listening can also know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's two sides to everything, you yes. know? And you can make the most of what you have. I and mean, thanks for your time. Thank you too for your right. uh, opportunity, at least uh-huh. to hear what I had to say. Okay. Uh, this is life. It has ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But you're always employed to be optimistic. At least if it can assist one or two souls, that is uh, the best that can ever happen. Exactly. Yes, yes. Well, that's what this podcast is about. So yes. thanks so much, Deborah. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, John. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.